When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you Nebraska baseball. Catch our live coverage as the Huskers meet the Indiana Hoosiers on the Diamond at Hawks Field at Haymarket Park in Lincoln. Watch Friday, May 10th at 6 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Make no mistake that a, a good quarterback in the portal costs you know a million to a million five to two million dollars right now. So just 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 on the same page, right? So um, <laughs> let's make sure we all understand what's happening. So um, um, you know, there's some teams that have six six or seven million dollar players playing for them. So no, is that frustrating? The way where we're at now with the dollars involved. Uh, it is what it is. Yeah, it's not no no you, you know. I would not let people be able to buy people off another roster. It's so simple. Like you think about you recruit somebody and you develop them for two years and then someone comes in and takes them and then that coach gets fired. You know, it's like, well, he actually did a pretty good job. So. Kicking off hour number three here on Herd Out Sports Radio. I'm Ravi Lula. Andrew Rogers here with me. We are live from the H and H Chevrolet stage of the Hurtout Sports Bar and Grill. We're on AM five ninety ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri Cities in Central Nebraska, and for hour number three, we're on KFOR in Lincoln. We're joined now by our friend Michael Brunts of Husker twenty four seven. Brunts, what's going on, man? Not much. How's it going? Hey, Bruntsy. Are you uh, are you getting ready for this interview while while waiting entirely too long for some soup or, or what's going on today? <laughs> it's not entirely too long. It's the appropriate amount of time for good soup. Okay, hold on. Okay, so did let's, you write a check? Let's uh, let's figure out yeah, this. You wrote a check for <laughs> soup. Okay, so let's figure out this situation. Like, set the stage for me, because I. I you know, I, I was one of those people, I enjoy a Popeye's chicken sandwich as much as anybody. I did wait like six months, so I didn't have to wait in line for an hour. Like, what about this soup makes it worth waiting 45 minutes for? Uh, well, it's, it's uh, so the, the restaurant is, uh, it's Grateful Bread down here in, uh, in Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Okay. And for anybody that's been in there or hasn't been in there, it's a pretty, it's a, a somewhat quirky little uh little little place on 17th street and they have like they're only open on thursdays and saturdays so you've got the scarcity issue there um they've got like four or five different kinds of soup when they're open they've got like four or five different kinds of macaroni and cheese that like stick to your ribs and are like perfect (laughs) this time of year and then they've got like these giant cookies that are about the size somebody's head like a like a dinner plate sized cookie okay um, a bunch of different kinds of those so it's you got you got the scarcity going a little bit so they're open from like 10 to 2 on thursdays and saturdays so people line up and uh i it was snowing last week it was kind of flurrying a little bit on wednesday 
um, and, I, and I hopped in line, and I was in line for 45 minutes, and I got I got some uh, awesome soup, and I paid for it with a check because you can only pay with cash or check. So is that the smallest check you've ever written? Uh, well, it was like 45 bucks. So. He's getting soup for the fam. Oh, say so you're getting? Are you getting soup for like twelve? What's happening there? Well, no, it's like you get thirty-two ounces of soup. Like, oh you, gosh, you, you get a big line, gulp you're... of soup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like going to the. It's going to your favorite gas station and filling up your favorite soda. <laughs> you guys are crapping all over this. I'm not. Really, I'm not. I think, I you're, think you're nuts, you have, but I'm not. You have no idea what you guys are even. I, what you're even joking about? If I learned it's anything a, from Seinfeld, I, I I would never crap on that idea. Thursday or Saturday, I'll, I'll welcome you guys down to Lincoln, and I'll I'll buy you soup. I'll pay with a check. <laughs> I might even start collecting change right now, and I'll just put my change on the counter and sort it out for you. So. <laughs> okay, so Brunts, I'm not crapping on it. I'm just trying to understand the situation because I have a hard time wrapping my mind around waiting 45 minutes for soup. But um, you're you're making a case here. Let me ask you this, and we'll talk about. Uh, We'll talk about, you know, I guess sports or whatever. I like this mouth but, um So what kind of soup did you end up getting? Uh, I went with the Moroccan tomato. I don't even know what that means, Bruns. It's probably tasty. Well, Sounds tasty. I, I know it's, it's delicious. And it, it's, got, it's got a little peanut butter in there, which you're like, oh. there's no way this is good. It's, it's pretty good. And uh, so, yeah, I went, I went Moroccan tomato, a little mac and cheese with it. And uh, and a cookie, and I was good. I was good for most of the rest of the day. Do they have the, anything the, in the like a? Were, the insides were warm. You, you were like <laughs> you were like a furnace, just like from the inside. It's like having a little hearth right in your tummy there. Yeah. Um, is there? You, you get it now. You get it. <laughs> is there anything in like a in the neighborhood of like a like a seafood chowder that I could that could I could indulge in? Uh, no. Oh, okay. Most of them, uh, most of them are like vegetarian and and, and soup, ve- vegetarian soup. So I, I don't know that they ever go the seafood route. Now, Brunts, did you get bread with your order? Uh, well, so they've also got cheese scones. Oh, <laughs> you go cheese, little cheese scone, little Moroccan, Moroccan, uh, Moroccan tomato. You're living like a like a little twist on the Midwestern classic of grilled cheese in the tomato Amen. soup. Yeah, there you go. If they forgot your bread, would you let them know? They don't forget. That's why it takes so long. It's not like a. You, it's not a fast, fast organization. You're, you, you know, you know if you're getting in line, you, you're dedicated. You cleared your calendar for an hour. All right, Bruns. One of these days, we're gonna come down. We're gonna we're gonna visit you. We're gonna go to the soup shop, and we're gonna see what all the hype is. We're about, going okay? this week. Please do, yeah. I, whenever, just let me know. Clear a couple hours. Come on down. <laughs> well, yeah, you got to clear <laughs> some time. Uh, we're talking with Michael Brunts of Husker Twenty Four Seven, noted soup expert. Um, let's also let's also talk about your other area of expertise, which is Nebraska football. Uh, obviously, the big headlines from Coach Rule yesterday were his comments about what it costs to get a starting quarterback out of the transfer portal. I imagine those numbers didn't shock you a ton, but it seemed like a lot of people were taken aback by his frankness and saying, hey, this is what it costs to go get a quarterback in the portal. What were your thoughts when you heard him say that? Yeah, there was uh... – 
Not really surprising. I mean, I, I, I think the surprise, probably the surprising part is if somebody publicly put a number on it, right? Sure, yeah. Like, I feel like that's, that's kind of, you know, for the average fan, you know, you, you kind of have a sense that you have, like, an idea of what NIL is, right? Like, you think, you know, if, a, if you're, you know, the, the, there's the collective side of things, and then there's kind of, like, the marketplace side of things. And I think a lot of people just assume that, like, you know, I, I don't know what, you know, the, 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 I think the numbers surprise people. And there, there's certain positions on the football field that are premium positions. I mean, it, it's, it's expensive to go and get a starting left tackle out of the transfer portal. Like, a quarterback and, and a proven quarterback uh, it is really difficult to get. And, and the, the 1.5 million number, I mean, that that's not – that's not even like multi years. I mean, that that's a year. Yeah. So, you know, I I wasn't surprised by it. I mean, I it's going to be a fascinating off season because you know I think everybody understands and Matt Rule kind of danced around it a little bit yesterday. But Nebraska is going to have to go look for a quarterback in the portal. I mean, there's no way around that. But there's almost kind of like uh, there's like tiers, I guess, mm-hmm. for for starting quarterbacks and 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 prices and, and things like that and what it takes to get that done. So I think Nebraska can get a good quarterback out of the portal. I mean, you look at the guys that are already in there now, there's guys with really impressive numbers that have won a lot of games at places. And, you know, Nebraska just needs to find a guy that can, that that's A, a fit. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, I also don't think that this is a staff that's really keen to go in there and just splash some cash around just to do it. So it's a bit of a delicate dance. Uh, but unfortunately, Nebraska's in a spot where, you know, they, they got to be out there looking for a dance partner. Well, and it's it's the balance too, right, Bruncey, of knowing that this staff likes to develop and, and wants to develop and has that desire, um, and, and versus the win now approach of going into the portal and knowing that you kind of have to shy away from the standard that you've been setting. So it's a it's a kind of a tough road to drive on although if nebraska wants to compete with the best of the best programs out there and get back to relevance they have to do it there can't be any reservation about paying a a a big chunk of money of seven digits to a quarterback right yeah it's yes and no i mean i like i I think it's kind of you got to be and i think the staff is cognizant of of what bringing somebody in like that also can potentially do to your locker room. I mean, if, if you've got a quarterback that everybody knows is, is making that much, all of a sudden guys are kind of looking around going like, okay, well, I, I've been here. Um, you know, I, I've played the last couple of years. I mean, wh- where's, you know, wh- not where's my seven figures, but, you know, can I get a little bit more on the top here? I mean, I, I think that's something that that's, real i think i know that it's happened at nebraska in the past couple of years um with, with guys coming out of the portal and, and guys on the roster but um it, yeah it, it's an interesting discussion and, and matt rule kind of hit on it yesterday too i mean the, the the portal quarterbacks that seem to be having the most success are generally doing it in their second year of being at a certain place like the mercenary one and done type guy that comes in and just goes gun blazing uh, across college football is, I think, a little bit of a unicorn. So I, I think if you can find a guy that, you know, maybe you can kind of develop, um, but you also kind of have to, 
you know, win, re- win a recruiting battle for. Maybe you splash some cash around. I mean, I, I think that's probably the direction they'd be more likely to go. Um, and, and it's interesting, you kind of look at what Nebraska's quarterback room did numbers-wise this last year. Um, you know, to, to kind of make that next step, I mean, you, you kind of almost need to be, like if you look statistically, kind of comparable to what like Northwestern did. And I know that that's difficult for people to, to stomach, but 18 touchdowns, eight interceptions, they, they took care of the ball. I mean, it, it, as much as people want this big splash, I don't know that you necessarily need to have that to have success on the field. You just need to find somebody that can make a few throws that doesn't turn the ball over and, uh, you know, can run your offense. So that, that's, that, that's kind of the, the, the tough part with the portal is kind of sifting through everybody and, and figuring out who, who really kind of fits what you're looking for rather than just kind of that new shiny toy. Well, and, you know, I, I want to go back to the point you said about bringing somebody into the locker room and it may leave an uneasy feeling with some in the room. Uh, it, going back to balance again, I mean, it, it has to be, be – uh, balancing worth and value right with like the rest of the team mm-hmm. and the staff is good about having those conversations with players but uh, I mean these guys just have to be okay with whoever they bring in and knowing that they're better um, than you know they are right now I mean if they're getting that type of money it's just understanding that it's like at all levels whether it's professional or college and NIL kind of works as like that professional contract if I bring in a star pitcher somebody that was just an all-star um, or somebody that just won a ton of games the year before you would expect them to make more money than you sure yeah I mean that and, and that's kind of the balancing act I guess you have to do and, and maybe that's also where the you know, you're talking about culture and all that other stuff, the the, the buzzwords that, that Nebraska got felt like they got done this year. I mean, I think that's where, um, you know, that, that helps. Plus, you know, if a guy's coming in making a little bit more money and he can help you win games, um, I, I would imagine there's probably some guys that are more than willing to make that trade-off as well. Uh, we're talking with Michael Brunts from Husker 24-7. Brunts, was there anything other than the transfer portal quarterback dollar amount thing that stuck out to you from uh, Matt Rule's comments yesterday? Well, I mean, a, a big one is, you know, obviously coming out of that Iowa game, a big question was, okay, what what's this staff going to look like, especially on offense, um, going into the next season? Um, I, I didn't feel like Matt Rule yesterday addressed that too directly. I don't think that he also, you know, necessarily put the, cop, the, the kibosh on – potential uh you know shifts in in what who's handling what and 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 those kinds of things i mean i I think as much as coaches go into the off season and go through everything on their roster with the fine-tooth comb and look at what the their players could do better i I think you're probably um you know going to see that with the coaching staff too i mean you know matt rule's not blind um he, he saw um what what the offense looked like for 12 games this year you have to balance the injury stuff and um, you know, first year and all that other stuff with just, you know, what you were as an offense. But, you know, I, I, I don't know that, you know, the, the, the configuration of the staff and, and roles was necessarily what they wanted going into last season. I know it wasn't. And, you know, I, I think that's one area where you, you could maybe see Matt Rule tinker with things a little bit. Um, so that, that stood out to me because, you know, obviously he had pushed back pretty strongly about, you know, we're, 
Marcus Satterfield's our guy. Um, you know, we're, we're not going to make a change there. And he said that a couple of weeks ago, but I, I still think there's room for potentially, you know, having different guys handle different roles too, without, um, without, you know, hiring and firing that kind of thing. Cause you know, you have to make a decision because Josh Martin's an interim, interim tight ends coach right now. So you, you you're going to have to do something there, but uh, his, his kind of addressing that, that stood out to me. And, you know, I, I think too, you know, that there's a lot of a lot of confidence and he hit on this too over there about the the job that they did with this freshman class. I mean, they got a lot of guys snaps. I don't think that they, you know, ended up playing anybody that they probably didn't want to. Uh, and I, I I think you're gonna see a lot of, you know, the the, the redshirted guys and, and also uh, true freshmen that played this last season end up in Nebraska's two D pretty quickly just because uh, of the way they feel about that class and, and just kind of the way things shake out right now. Brunty, speaking of the staff on the defensive side of the ball, a rumor swirling that Tony White has connection to USC. Uh, how much of a grain of salt should that rumor be taken with, especially because no major media outlet has confirmed anything? And uh, do you think this could be maybe a smokescreen? and a way to force Nebraska's hand to pay Tony White more sooner rather than later? Um, I, I don't know that it's a smokescreen. I mean, I think there's legitimate interest in, in what Tony White's doing. Um, you know, he, he's a guy that, you know, took a, a, a defense that had been pretty bad for a few years and, and you know, turned him around really quickly. He's, a, he's got ties to California. Um, and as you know, he, he interviewed for the San Diego State head coaching job. I, I think that you know anybody would be kind of crazy to not at least take a deeper look at, at what he's done. So I, I don't know that it's necessarily a smokescreen. From kind of talking to a few of our USC writers, I know that the search there had stalled a little bit um, because the the thinking was that Jim Leonard was going to be kind of their top guy, and, and that's just kind of stuck in neutral right now. So. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, when you have the kind of success that Tony White's had this past season, I think you're going to get uh, attention from schools. And, um, you know, at least geographically, there's there's some connection there with, uh, with USC. So I wouldn't dismiss it right out of hand. But, um, you know, I, I personally have not confirmed anything uh, about, you know, interest or, or anything there. So um, I, I can't really speak to much more beyond that. Bruns, isn't there a chance this is also just USC trying to get Jim Leonard to move a little bit quicker? I mean, teams do that too, right? Kind of play leverage the way that we assume the coaches are always trying to play leverage? Yeah, everybody's leveraging, just leaning <laughs> up against each other. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that could be part of it. I mean, there, there could be somebody else, um, you know, a, a, mystery, a, a mystery door number three candidate. Ooh, I love uh, a mystery candidate. There. Yeah, bachelorette number one, bachelorette number two, (laughs) or the mystery guest behind the blue curtain. It's just a stock photo of a of a defensive football coach. Uh, (laughs) It's Bob Diaco. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a heck of a hire. Um, Yeah, no, I I I mean I I think that's probably part of that. Um, You know, certainly USC is having to play the perception game given how everything. Uh, played out there with Alex Grinch, but yeah, I mean, I I, I don't uh, this time of year I I don't uh, dismiss things too out of hand. So um, yeah, I, I could see where maybe you're trying to force the hand of somebody too, and, and I, I don't know, maybe it's uh, 
I don't know. It, it's uh, it's it's silly season. It only gets sillier. Um, <laughs> so that's where we're at. Uh, Brenty, we uh, spoke with Shafe on Tuesday, and um, you know, outside of just the quarterback, he brought up there's some other holes on the offense that need to be filled. As much as the quarterback is a priority, the offense didn't gel 100, percent and there could be improvement in all groups. Um, maybe excluding the offensive line because they were much better than many thought, uh, but especially at the skill position. So my question to you is, what's position group number two on your list and lacking in that so-called talent department that you think needs a portal addition to at least buy some time for that homegrown development this staff so desperately craves? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think you got to look. Well, I think both running back and wide receiver, you probably have to look at what's there. I mean, I, I think, I think you'd be doing yourself a little bit of a disservice if you weren't looking for a little bit of veteran help at either of those spots. And, and that's not a knock with the wide receiver group on any of those young wide receivers. I mean, I think they're they've got bright futures. I think they played well enough considering the circumstances this season. But y- you need somebody that's a little bit more of a you know, a, a wide receiver one type guy right out of the gate. Um, you know, I, I think they kind of felt like Billy Kemp was going to be a little bit of a different look from what they had. But, you know, I, I think there's enough guys in the portal that you can find somebody that's been productive at the wide receiver spot that can come in and help you right away and buy a little bit of time for those guys to where you're not having to rely on Doss and Coleman and, and, and uh, Lloyd to be your guys, you know, right out of the gates as, as sophomores and redshirt freshmen. The other one's running back. I mean, Matt Rule kind of talked about it a little bit yesterday. I mean, they feel good about the depth there, but you always worry about, you know, what, what what's Gabe Irvin going to be coming back from a pretty serious hip injury? Ramir Johnson uh, has had injury issues in his, his past. Same with Irvin. Um, you lose Anthony Grant. I love what Emmett Johnson was doing at times this season, but, um, you know, Quentin Ives, they feel good about, but there, there's not – a ton of proven production there. And I mean, we've seen you, you need two or three good backs to go through the big 10, just with the way, you you know, they get beat up also with the way Nebraska practices. So I I would go those two spots. I feel good about tight end. I I think they've got enough work in there, but um, just in in my mind, a little bit more running back depth and and maybe a guy that's got some proven production would be uh, a good recipe there uh, going into next season. Brunts about two minutes left here. With the, uh, I guess, assumption that Ben Scott is coming back from Matt Rule yesterday, how crazy is it to kind of think about the offensive line is the unit on offense with the least number of questions? Yeah, it's uh, it's been a heck of a turnaround in the last <laughs> like what, ten, 11 months. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> 10, 11 months. Not, not only that, I mean, you're, you're – waiting around for Bryce Benhart's NFL decision. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, that. I don't think that was on the bingo card last year. That, that would not have been on the bingo card <laughs> last year. I mean, that's a credit to Benhart and, and Simon Riola for the, the development job they've done there. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's you, you kind of look at the way the line is now. They, they've got a good group of veterans. Uh, getting Scott back is huge. Um, and, and I like the young guys that they've got. I mean, you, you're going to have Redshirt freshman in the two deep next year. Gatula and Sledge were in there uh, last year. I think you know the the one quibble you might have is you might like to see a little bit more tackle depth than what you have. Mm. But I mean, Nebraska's got two or three guys at each guard spot that I think they feel pretty good about. They've got Justin Evans Jenkins who can back up Scott at that center spot. 
um, you know, it's that line is trending upward for the offensive line in a good way. It's not like, you know, you're not to the stars right now, but you're you're not hitting home runs. You're kind of getting singles and doubles right now. And for that group and kind of where they've been, I think that's okay. I mean, I I think they can continue to develop and they've done a good job of resetting the deck a little bit there with the younger guys too. Michael Brunson from Husker 24-7. Bruncey, uh, we will schedule a little soup date for all of us. But until then, we appreciate your time, and we'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good, guys. We'll book it. Take care. Thanks, Brunson. That's our guy, Michael Brunson from Husker 24-7. Coming up next, we're going to switch gears, get into a little NFL because at 9.45, we're going to talk to Hub Arkish of Pro Football Weekly. Before that, we're going to talk a little bit about NFL coaching silly season here on Herd Sports Radio.